0: Alright, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 17, our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of professional wrestling's greatest character of all time. We want to thank you for joining us yet again for another round of Dead Man Talking. I am here, I am Alex Dorio, I am one of your hosts for this journey into the dark side, one of the creatures of the night, and I want to introduce you to my tag team partner, and as always, my co-host, Travis White, and I uh, see you using those uh, Stridex Medicaid pads over there. Oh, me <laughs> I was going to mention that. <laughs> I was going to mention that. Yes. Where have
1: those gone? I don't think they exist anymore. The they're super <laughs> Stridex pads. Excuse they're me. Gigantic. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. <laughs> those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this is sponsor for this particular pay per They a lot of pay I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're... Uh,
0: basically like clear seal with little pads you just use one to face to
1: do with your acne so man did you yeah, did you one. use those uh no i did yeah, i use clear so though oh, okay do you, but you seal.
0: use the pads
1: no no no, no i use face wash oh, okay
0: yeah. Yeah, i i had the pads man they burned so bad they're just like <laughs> pure alcohol just like uh it didn't work at all i had acne for a long time so, <laughs> <laughs> so
1: oh Bob ram you Try pads. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, anybody who gets my babe pig, babe reference will, will give me a thumbs up on that. There you go. I don't know what's happening right now, <laughs> but I, I thank you guys for coming back and joining us as we walk through the man who walked with angels, The Undertaker, and his, his matches.
0: We are walking with him again. Uh, do, you, do you think Elias, like, got inspired by that? Who wants to walk with Elias? I think so. He wants to walk he's with the angels. Watching,
1: uh, yeah, he's watching the last King of the Ring night five, and yeah, he got inspired.
0: He um, just happens to be on TV on Raw right now, so that just made me think. Well, of maybe that.
1: you know this ninety five. So Black Crows she talks to Angels, been out for a few years Ooh. at this point. So maybe Pettingill is just big on <laughs> big on Black Crowes. He's Big Black like,
0: Crows fan.
1: I gotta get this in there. No, anyway. Uh,
0: well, speaking of fans, you know, uh, you mentioned right before we got on that. Uh, your son, Carson, he's he's kind of becoming a fan of The Undertaker and, and Paul Bear as well. Uh, he mentioned something as you were watching this match.
1: Yeah, I was watching this match, and he was uh, he was watching it with me, helping me review it. And uh, well, he's actually playing, but he heard he heard Paul Bear giving him a promo, and he heard the oh,
2: yeah,
1: and he walks over and he's like, "Dad, who is that guy?" I told him it was Paul Bear, and he's like, "Who's that behind him?" I said, "Well, that's The Undertaker." He said, "Oh, that's that little figure that you have." Because those listeners, Alex sent me a, a little Undertaker figure in the mail a few weeks ago. So, um, so my my son knows that, and so he's like, "Oh yeah, man, Undertaker's a good guy. Hope he wins. Hope he beats up this guy." But anyway, he comes back in a few minutes, and he's like, "Dad, that man's voice is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he's talking about Paul Bear." So, even to a five year old, um, he knows it. He gets the joke, Paul Bear's voice. So, I think it's great. So.
0: Oh yeah, and it just proves the point that you know the, this character. Paul Bear and and The Undertaker, both the connection, they, they connect with the younger audience, they connect oh, yeah. with the kids, and dude, we'll get into it in this match, but they, they are connected with the audience here at SummerSlam, it was a hot oh, yeah. crowd for The Undertaker, oh, yeah. dude, it was awesome. It
1: absolutely was, yeah, and we're back in Pennsylvania, which like, I mentioned at the end of the last week's episode, I just think it's, I don't know if they do that, they come back two months now, and uh, you know, same, same state, another pay-per-view, I thought it was kind of strange, but... Maybe it's because they didn't have as many back then. I don't
0: know. Right, and they were um, in Philly for King of the Ring, and now uh, they're in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that's two separate audiences. Um, right. You know, but yeah, still, it is kind of weird to be in the same state. Uh, so, right. yeah. Yeah. SummerSlam 1995. We skipped over another In Your House pay-per-view in between now and then, I believe.
1: And, yeah, he may or may not have been on that card as far as a dark match. I, I was looking through a couple of different sources, and come a couple of them... Said he was on a dark match, and a couple said he wasn't. So I don't know; it doesn't matter; it's irrelevant. But we're covering pay per views. But um, from the sources I did read, that said he was. Yeah, he, he, he had done a dark match with Kama on that show. Well, Kama. So I don't okay. Know. Okay. But anyway, we're about so much on '95. It's August 27th, 1995. So again, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, but this match has been built since WrestleMania, man. So
0: yeah, it's um, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, again, um, this is not my least favorite match we've reviewed.
0: So. No. <laughs> that's,
1: yeah, it's it's not my least favorite. So it had a little more, I was a little more engaged uh, uh, as far as the actual match. It's, it's a long match. Uh, but, you know, I feel, I appreciate the storyline that they've gone, you know, even as cheesy as it is, as melting the urn down and making a necklace. I appreciate the continuity. You know, we're both sticklers for storytelling, and they've built this since WrestleMania. Um, so I, I, you know, I appreciate
0: that. I agree. It's simple. It's silly, but yeah, as you said, it's been building since WrestleMania, and you can even extend it further with Undertaker's connection with the, a feud with Million Dollar Man. It's oh, kind yeah. of been going on for a year since Summer '94. Yeah, since yeah, Undertaker.
1: Yeah, go. so, yeah.
0: But specifically with Kama, and I, I was thinking, like, if you were to try to do this now, you know, they they skipped over three pay-per-views before they even got to this match. So um, without them having any contact with each other, besides house shows and dark matches, but on TV, they didn't really get physical with each other from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. But if you try to do something like that nowadays to build a feud that long, they would have fought at every single one of those pay-per-views. Probably would have had the gimmick match, the casket match on the first pay-per-view for some reason, and then had like a basic (laughs) match after that. And they would have fought on Raw half a dozen times. So yeah. it's nice to have be able to do a longer feud and not have them wrestle 15 times on TV.
1: Oh, yeah. And that used to be how it was. I mean, now there's oversaturation and so much content. But, um, you know, it's it's good. Speaking of Raw, I went back and watched the Raw before this. Um, and Raw actually, it's on August 21st, 95. And it actually starts with a recap. But we'll get into the recap later. It's, the whole episode of Raw starts off with a recap of this angle, oh, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is pretty cool because Undertaker, later on in that night, he has a match with, um, with, uh, oh goodness, who is it? Tatanka. And he gets, he cuts a promo on Tatanka and he's angry. He talks about, he's on his death march on the way to SummerSlam.
2: Unfortunately for you, Tatanka, tonight starts my death march to SummerSlam. And on this march, I will do away with as many corporate members as possible. Diviase, you inform Kama of what awaits him at SummerSlam. And Tataka, you prepare to rest in peace.
1: And During the match, he's like, he's he's mad. He's mm. angry. you can tell, which is kind of cool. Again, he's, because, as we'll talk about in the recap of this before this match, there's a reason he's so angry, because Kama Mustafa, or is it Kama Mustafa? Is that his whole name? He's just Kamala?
0: Kama, the Supreme okay. Fighting Machine, right That's now. right.
1: Um, but he has crossed the line at this point. We'll get into that. But um, he's crossed the line, so I'm angry. But... This, this Monday Night Raw on August 21st is the very last Monday Night Raw unopposed b- before Nitro starts. So
0: I did not know that. Tw-
1: yeah, on the 28th, the next week, it's uh, preempted for tennis. Mm-hmm. And then the very next week is Labor Day, it's preempted for tennis again. But that is when Monday Nitro begins. So this is our final pay-per-view before the Monday Night War era. So I thought that was pretty significant, pretty cool. I wanted to point that out to... To us and to listeners, too.
0: It is. That's huge. And, and obviously, that's going to change the whole business, going to change the whole direction of the WWE. And we won't see that uh, initially, but we're going to see it start to creep in here, uh, really yeah. in, in 96, and then definitely in, in 97, we're going to see some elements of that creep in. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I thought it was an interesting point I wanted to make, because again, yeah, it's not going to affect us right now in the next few pay-per-views necessarily, but yeah, the next couple of years it really will. But... um. But, yeah, they has going to have to start putting their best foot forward after that as far as the shows on Raw can't be throwaways anymore, you know. you got to put on right. good stuff because I think the week after, if I'm correct, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the week after um, Nitro's debut, the, the main event is, like, Sid and Sean, I believe. So that's hmm. a big match on Raw. So um, Anyway, that's that's just enough about that. But I just thought an interesting note to throw in there. So Undertaker's on the very the main event of the very first Monday Night Raw, and he's on uh, – Featured heavily on the the one before Nitro,
0: yeah. So pretty cool. Pretty cool, and he is kind of moving back into more of a, a top tier spot here at SummerSlam. Yeah. He's, if you watch the beginning of the show, he's one of the top four matches featured in the video package, building up to it, and one of the featured matches uh, on here, and even if you look at the main event, Diesel and Mabel. We talked a little bit about that on the last episode, Ooh. but. The guy ah. that Undertaker put over, Mabel, he got the rub from him, and now he's yeah. in the main event. So Undertaker right. get, being more established, having to have a have kind of a, a bigger spot here than he has been on the past few pay-per-views. So that's kind of cool to see. And uh, the match itself is preceded by just a great video package recapping this whole feud <laughs> <laughs> with, your, with your man Todd Pittengale doing some ridiculous oh. voiceover.
1: Yeah, I love this recap, man. I, I I wrote it down too. Like it was, it was a fun recap. Yeah, it's ridiculous puns all throughout it and all kind of stuff. But, but it, it does go to show the whole story. It starts at WrestleMania and it goes on to show what we talked about on last week's episode about the creatures of the night being these guys, you know, these gothic characters in the audience. A guy and a girl usually. Seems like they're usually the same people. I don't know. Maybe I think it was. Some of them it's different, but yeah. But anyway,
2: um...
0: Oh, well, I like at the beginning, Todd says that...
2: During The Undertaker's illustrious World Wrestling Federation career, there have been many opponents who have been bold enough to trespass on the dark side. However, thus far, none have returned the same.
0: He's definitely gotten the upper hand in pretty much every feud that he's had, so that was a, that was a good point to make.
1: Yeah, it's very true. I thought that, I thought that too, so... Um, yeah, it's a really cool recap, but it goes on and it shows, again, what I mentioned earlier about, uh, comma crossing the line is that on the superstars the week before this pay-per-view, um, he's in the ring. And again, there's a wreath, I believe, right? A black yeah. wreath is in the ring and, uh, he, he comes in there and rips it all up and everything after his match. And then he walks away up the rampway and one of the creatures of the night, the male creature of the night, hops the guardrail and, runs into the ring and starts gathering the pieces together and Kama takes it upon himself to get back in the ring and the creature uh, of the night throws the black wreath shreds into Kama's face which I wouldn't throw something into a supreme fighting machine's face but um,
0: Probably not the smartest idea Yeah, the
1: creature. I don't know if he's a zombie if he has a brain or not or what but anyway he, he definitely <laughs> takes it upon himself but anyway at that point Kama does a double like choke lift and it slams him down I guess what a what uh, Albert goes on to use later on as his finish. I don't know what you call that move, but I guess it's, it's like, like
0: a tree slam, like Great Kali kind of used to do yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of that, yeah. I think Albert is similar yeah. to like the Baldo bomb, Baldo bomb. but he didn't yeah. drop down with it. Uh, right. So, so yeah, crossing that's the line there. Crossing
1: the line, man. Yeah. I mean, he you attacked a fan, to...
0: who I, exactly also the fan right. ran into the ring. So I guess and it's justified. Fair game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they've kind of established in this package something we talked about a little bit that these creatures of the night uh it it says on there specifically that Kama has desecrated the sacred urn and instead undertaker has been looking to his creatures of the night (coughs) undertaker has been looking to the creatures of the night for his power so looking to these fans and all of the fans for his power and now Kama has attacked one of them as todd pentingale said with the look of death in his black pupils.
1: <laughs> Which, now, yeah, okay. Well, okay. I can touch that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just let I that let that will yeah, let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, anything else he said? I, I can't recover from that. <laughs> um,
0: he said
2: To the Undertaker, this was an act that blackened his darkest cloud." Deep within his dark soul, Kama's funeral procession had already begun.
0: Ooh. Which, wow. Okay, I mean, if that's it's true, like Alice Chain's song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not bad because the Alice and Chains lyrics. He please. likes
0: Alice and Chains and Black Crows. Yeah, he
1: does.
0: But if Undertaker <laughs> was so upset about this, why didn't he run out and like protect his his guy? Yeah, maybe I don't know.
1: Maybe he wasn't on superstars. Who I knows? guess
0: not. I guess not. Wasn't there that?
1: But again, it, do, it, is, it does help that they didn't get physical, you know, because you wait for right. anticipation. You're right. Uh, and again, the fact that Taker's so angry leads us into the very beginning of the actual match, which is pretty cool. We see something yes. a little different than we have seen in the past Yes. Um, matches. So I do want to mention before we get to the match, though, um, after that recap, was there any more notes in the recap? Well,
0: what? I do want to say that the apparently the match had already been made at this point after Kama attacked him, right. but the new interim president of the WWF, Gorilla Monsoon, <laughs> decides that because of this attack, he's going to make it a casket match officially. Yeah. So we're getting our third, fourth casket match, I believe. Well, we had a coffin match. So this is what? our third casket match, <laughs> which there's a bit of confusion on Jerry Lawley's part there during the match.
1: And Vince's part. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to talk about that later on too. So. Yeah.
0: So he makes this a casket match, and that leads me to uh, – a new segment I want to debut on the show called uh, As a Kid Corner because Uh, I always talk about as a kid. I always bring that up and preface things. So uh, as a kid, the introduction of Gorilla Monsoon as the interim WWF president really upset me a little bit. Um, I wasn't a really big fan of his at the beginning. This is where he came on at SummerSlam 95 to replace Jack Tunney. And he upset me because... It was the original card for SummerSlam was Shawn Michaels versus Sid for the Intercontinental Championship, and that was a feud that had been building since WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels was going to get his revenge on attacking from Sid attacking him. I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. Well, Guerrilla Monsoon came in and said that match was not uh, what the fans wanted. The fans wanted to see a rematch of the ladder match of Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, which in hindsight was an amazing match and <laughs> like a, a classic. Uh, match not quite as good as Wrestlemania 10 but still awesome. As a kid <laughs> I was very upset that Shawn Michaels was not going to get his revenge <laughs> against Sid and I would have rather seen as a 9 year old WWF fan Shawn Michaels versus Sid rather than another ladder match which shows wow. kind of how stupid I was <laughs> <that had
1: been. laughs> Well you wanted the continuity to I off, did,
0: man. I did. I wanted the storyline I wasn't into the match quality I wanted to see Shawn Michaels get the super kick on Sid so yeah. Uh, that concludes my as a kid corner for today, but uh, needed to bring did that ever up. Did they
1: explain why Sid was out of the I can't remember them. Was there a legit injury or something? No, I no, know. they
0: just thought the card sucked. It, they
1: literally just changed it and like, oh, we'll give the fans a uh, ladder match. So,
0: yep, elbow yep. uh,
1: busting the seats. And it did. It was a great match. But there was better right, match continuity wise though. It should have paid off.
0: It really upset me. Yep, oh, never forgave ridiculous. him
1: for that. <laughs> that's great. Well, they'll get that match down the road, so... Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well,
0: uh, well, yeah, go say what you were going to say.
1: Oh, I was going to say that... So, after that recap package, then Undertaker and, uh, and uh, Paul Bear gave a promo. This is one where my son commented that Paul Bear has a hilarious voice. Um, <laughs> but it's very Bray wyatt man. Did you yeah. listen to it? Yeah,
0: it's very it's dark, very, like, very it's intense. all over
1: the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's creepy. It's like, uh, he's more serious. I, well, he's always serious, but it just seemed like he had a lot to say, and it was very, like... Very brainwashed. Like you really didn't know if you just watched it. Even like what? Like I I didn't write down all the things because it was a really long monologue. I was gonna write it down and repeat yeah. it, but um, it was a lot of stuff. But it was just very, very brainwashed to me. I don't know. I just thought it was
2: very different uh, from the past ones. I
0: see what very... you mean. He says,
2: the sands, the sands have fallen slowly through the hourglass till this time. And now as the last one slides through your day of reckoning is at hand. The day that you come face to face with all that is good and all that is evil. You look into the eyes of the Reaper and you'll see that your fate is sealed.
0: And he's just very intense, very strong in it and, I said it. You know, it might have been a little bit cheesy, uh, but I tell you what. After he was done, I wanted to see Taker kill this guy, oh, yeah. man. Like oh, yeah, it, absolutely. it made me want to see this match. Maybe want to see him get some revenge. I mean, that's how you cut a promo, right there. Yeah.
1: No, I liked it. I liked how it was different. It wasn't just like a you know funeral pun or a rest in peace or I'm going to bury you six feet under. It was very. Uh, I don't know, like mythical. It had, it's a different. Oh, it had a different aura about it. But yeah, you're right, man. I was ready to see him uh, get, his, uh, get his come up, and, or get, see Kama get his come up. And so, um, for sure. I mean, I enjoyed the difference in, in it, but it was well, cool.
0: Yeah, let's get into it. Let's see him get his comeuppance here. We've got Jerry the King and Vincent Mann back on the commentary team this time uh, after our Doc Hendricks experiment on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure if we see Doc again on any of the pay per views, but uh, we've got Jerry Doc and Hendrix Vince. Doc
1: Hendricks experience in, related to the Jimi Hendricks experience?
0: Well,
1: <laughs> oh that's no. one of their first albums, <laughs> or first albums so anyway. good catch <laughs> surely surely he came up with his own name right doc
0: kendrick's oh i hope not no, we, anyway all right yeah well king says as undertaker's coming out if he were alive he'd be a very sick man so that's his <laughs> read on the undertaker at this point yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, but uh, Kama comes out first, DBI's music. Again, I appreciate The Stable having the same music, you know. I like yep. The Corporation having the same music. Um, but when that gong hits, dude, Pittsburgh erupts. They're so Man. excited. Yep. <laughs> it's so good. And again, it just goes to show, again, Kama's not the greatest, this isn't the greatest technical match you're going to see, but the story, I feel like the crowd's been invested in it, you know. Yeah. We're Not, not the Mabel match where, you know, they weren't really invested or, King Kong Bundy where it's just like eh, they like this match they're invested because it's been built over time it just goes to show the you know the brilliance of building a store allowing it room to breathe you know um, and the and, is ready and the for importance
0: this man. of building up a strong character you know Undertaker's yeah. protected he's strong he's he's over man he's, yeah. he's just as over now as he has been at any point and oh, yeah. it, it, it shows comma um, as undertaker comes in comma is He's not afraid of him. He's shadow boxing. He's, he's cocky. Yeah. It, it kind of fits his character, man. He's, he's stolen yeah. the urn. He's gotten one over on Undertaker. He thinks he's going to be the man to take the Undertaker down. So I liked that he wasn't really scared of him. It made sense yeah. for the storyline.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. When, when Undertaker brings the lights up, he's in his little fight stance. Like yeah, he's shadow boxing. He's standing there like DJ Combo from Killer Instinct. Right. You know, ready to take some money. Or Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat or something, you know, ready to fight. So um
0: And did you catch a young uh Tony Chimmel backing out of the camera frame? Oh, was that Tony Chimmel? Yeah, he's like the ring attendant getting the jackets oh, yeah. and like he's like he's on camera and then he like ducks out of the um, view of the camera real quick.
1: I did want to note though, I, I didn't notice that was him. But that's that's funny though. But um the casket is already a ringside at this point.
0: Oh, that's um, true. And,
1: yeah. You know every other casket or coffin match we watched. Paul Bear pushes it out.
0: Right, that's or a good
1: point. It out or whoever, but at this point, I was wondering, because they got to the ring, and I was like, oh. But it is the big one, the double deep, double wide. It seems it's big, and it's got the old rest in peace Undertaker sticker on top of it, too, like the other ones did. So, um, But, yeah, it was already a ring side, so um, I just, you know, that's different from the other ones we've seen.
0: Yeah, a so. little, little bit of a change. And another change, as you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, is that uh, it's, we've seen Undertaker get attacked at the beginning of a, of a few of these matches like before the bell they sneak attack Undertaker I, Undertaker instead changes it up and he goes on the offensive before the bell rings in this match yeah he throws
1: his jacket off I guess Tony Chen he throws his hat like uh, who's that guy from World comic? Like Kung Lao when he take his hat off and throw it he throws his hat like that just <laughs> into the audience it seems he just throws it and he just starts wailing on Kama man I, I appreciate that because again it shows you how angry he is, you know, storyline-wise. Right. He's angry. He just, he's not going to sit back and be methodical about this. He's angry about this, you know, come across the line stuff. So I just appreciate that small nuance that, you know, if you hadn't followed the story, uh, it may not have seemed different, but we've been following these matches, and, uh, yeah, it's a very different beginning to Undertaker match.
0: It's not, like, it. it's not like Triple H and Randy Orton locking up after their blood feud <laughs> at WrestleMania 25 and just starting off with a lockup, you know. No. Undertaker... No goes after him
1: yeah <laughs> yeah oh man we'll get there eventually for that that show
0: yeah but uh but,
1: yeah, it's great gets gets it started man chops in the corner double hand he, he does a double hand choke lift slam just like takama to, to just like he does to the creature of the night so i appreciated that little bit of you know poetic justice i guess you know
0: yeah i thought that was so cool a good little yeah. piece of psychology there and the yeah. announcers didn't pick up on it, but you know, oh. if you watched the video package beforehand, then yeah, that was a cool little nod to that moment.
1: Yeah, it was really
0: neat. Um, then, Kama, like right off the bat, takes a big bump onto the casket. Uh, gets, <laughs> yeah. I, did, I don't. There's a few bumps onto the casket. I don't remember if this was like a back body drop. Which one this was. I just wrote it down, and <laughs> Mr. Man says he just got the willies from watching that happen, which is like yeah. such a mister Manism, like outdated saying, <laughs> oh, that, that gave me the willies.
1: <laughs> 1958. <laughs> yes. He brings it up in 95, yeah. But it, I mean, it happens a few
0: times in this match, and, man, it was it's hard to watch them take those bumps on that casket just knowing what's going to happen to Shawn Michaels here in a couple years and oh, no. just how easily they could have, hit that angle wrong and, and messed up their back on there. Kama and Undertaker both take some pretty nasty ones onto that casket. Yeah.
1: They did. Which, in my opinion, was ahead of its time. I mean, and you didn't, well, I guess you have the ladder match, but other than that, I mean, you don't see this kind of, uh, you know, brutality maybe, you know? It's, it's pretty brutal for that, you know? In a different way, not being bloody and stuff. Right. Like, at least in WWF at this point. I don't think there was, anybody was ever getting colored. Anybody was bleeding, I don't think, at this point, so.
0: Yeah, not too but much. Yeah. uh uh-uh.
1: But, but when, when, when Kama gets knocked onto the casket, he immediately gets casket phobia like all oh, the big guys. Of course. <laughs> he, he rolls off of it back into the ring and uh, is getting a little scared about it, you know. But um, but uh, Vince, I, I do appreciate this. Vince on commentary says, he's like, you know, if Arnitra gets thrown that casket, you know, he, the last time he was thrown on the casket, we didn't see him for a long time, mm. you know. Talking about 94. So I, I appreciated that a little bit, you know. they Nowadays, they kind of... Insult your intelligence and whatever happened two weeks ago doesn't never happen, but um, right, you know, this happened a year and a half before this, and they were still talking about it, so I appreciate that.
0: Um, that's and true, then that's take, a good it, point. It's another
1: stinger splash, dude. He <sighs> hits a stinger
0: big splash, splash, hits the old school, and then uh, <laughs> sends Kama into the casket, and we get our first glimpse at the new upgrade on, on the, yeah. this, this year's model of the casket what uh jerry lawler calls the, the
2: we got the summer coffin camera going you got a what a summer coffin, Slam coffin camera Never heard of a coffin camera there it is huh? now cam- it's, <laughs> it's inside the coffin
0: summer <laughs> Slam coffin camera SummerSlam yeah. coffin camera yeah. there is a camera I- inside the coffin not i guess a gopro prototype yeah. uh in, inside the casket but they call it the coffin camera all
1: right that's what, yeah, I, I, written down, I wrote down GoPro shot inside, and as I'm writing that, Jerry Lawler's like, it's the SummerSlam coffin camera, and I just started laughing, because Vince is like, "What <laughs> SummerSlam coffin camera? i never heard of SummerSlam coffin camera, and I think he's being <laughs> legit, like, I think Lawler just, so, you know, went into business for himself there, but um, that was it's cool. great, yeah. I, I like that, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they keep, he's calling it the coffin camera, and he needs to go back and listen to episode, whatever that was, five or six, and there's a difference, man. There, there a is a huge difference. Yeah, this is definitely a casket.
0: It's clearly you know? a casket match, not a coffin match.
1: <laughs> but Vince even his coffin several times too, so whatever. Unbelievable. We're just it's funny. <laughs> but uh, uh, Kama is freaking out though when he gets thrown in there. So. Oh yeah, he's um,
0: selling that well. Um, yeah. You know, we, he gets
1: back in the ring and hits Taker with a clothesline, I think, and but then Taker sits up. You know, and the crowd comes alive. I and mean, they pop big for those sit-ups. again. That that hasn't gotten old. I, I think. It, Couple, you know, little, a couple episodes ago, you know, it kind of disappeared. The crowd wasn't popping as huge for that kind of stuff, yeah. but I think it was maybe the towns they were in and the, the, the uh, uh, workers he was working against. But this time, again, the crowd's invested. They love it. So.
0: They are. They start rolling off some rest-in-peace chants yeah. real loud. Uh, both guys get thrown into the casket at one point, and then Kama kind of takes over. DiBiase distracts Undertaker and then, With comma. The, the earned necklace. The earn <laughs> necklace, yes. Uh, comma starts just doing some kind of generic stomps, I, punches, and kicks. He does some,
1: what? I would call it supreme fighting, my friend. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> that's of, what that was. You're right. Lots of supreme
1: fighting. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> lots of supreme fighting in the ring. Punches, kicks, you know. He's doing his best like a shooter, you know? Yeah. playing really a UFC fight. But um, yeah, lots and lots of supreme fighting from comma here. Um, but well, then, at this point, though, this is when Jerry Lawler says he thinks the Undertaker is going to crawl over to the casket and close it himself so he can get away because he <laughs> thinks that would be better for Undertaker to do. He's taking such a supreme beating. He should crawl over there and crawl in it and just call it a day. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that's
0: a great heel commentary point <laughs> oh, yeah, to make absolutely. and bring up uh he's <laughs> such a heel like he's just openly cheering for Kama in this match oh, yeah. and it's just funny to hear no one really does that kind of stuff anymore right. uh dibiase interferes again he ends up what kick like he did he just kind of distracted undertaker but now he's punching him and kicking him on the outside oh, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. oh Let's okay. before you go there i want to talk yeah. about something that happened right before this okay that's okay comma is in charge he's getting his heat here he's punching undertaker in the corner he brings him out into the middle of the ring, like, holding his arm like he's going to do an Irish whip, takes him against the ropes, like, runs him back and forth against the ropes, like, not, doesn't throw him, and then he puts him back into the corner and punches him again. Yeah. Like, there's definitely some kind of missed spot there, miss call That's or true. something. He just, it's very, very awkward. Um, again, not criticizing the work there, but it is just, it's so weird. Um, but then, yeah, this is where... DiBiase comes in. Go ahead, what you were saying.
0: So yeah, I glanced over that, but you're right. Yeah, there was a big miscommunication there. <laughs> it was, there. It was just weird looking. Uh, but, yeah, well, DiBiase's laying in some stomps on the outside, and Paul oh. Bear loses his mind. He <laughs> throws his jacket off and runs like, you know, somebody's just put some ragu on the table or something. <laughs> and it's just like both referees on the outside are holding him back. He's screaming, like, trying to punch We See, I've never seen Paul Bearer get so upset. I, know, man. I feel like Undertaker good, was about to start cracking up at this point because I was no. losing it just seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> <He's-> I know. <laughs> he turns into
1: this raging rhinoceros, man. He is going on a rampage. Why are the refs holding him back but not DiWiase?
0: I don't know. It's no DQ. Oh,
1: maybe. Everybody's got a price. million man. Oh, off
0: Touche. Yeah. Because it's it's no DQ. They should just let everybody fight. You yeah. Know?
1: No. But dude, the crowd goes banana <laughs> when he starts <laughs> They with do. Paul Bear was going nuts. The crowd is electric, man. They are so hyped for that. So it's great. Man, man
0: you know, I always love Paul Bear, but I've really appreciated him so much more just watching these matches and yeah, watching a- him direct the crowd and just know the perfect time to get them into it. He's he's absolutely he's a, a my Hall sp- of Famer. He's a Yes, yeah, he is.
1: He, yeah. he knows exactly what to do. He's underrated, you know. Everybody talks about you know, Heyman and Heenan and stuff like that, and they're great, they're but they all had different jobs. And his job, his role in this particular job for Undertaker, he's he's amazing.
0: He's so perfect. So so I'm excited so. to see you know him as a heel too, because we're gonna get that here in a little while. I'll Get to see him turn on the Undertaker, and uh, I'll be excited to see him do that work as well. You oh yeah, sure.
1: So, well, you know, getting back to the match, you know, classic um, Undertaker throws somebody's head into the steps. That's almost every match yep. we're in. Yep, He does that, but he, and he kind of stalks DiBiase away at this point. He doesn't come out, doesn't run after him. He's not raging. He just kind of stalks him away, and at this point, Kama slams him to the steel post and hits his head on the casket, and he does a huge suplex on top of the casket. Yeah. I mean, he, they're both on the outside on the mat. And he suplexes Undertaker up and onto the lid of the casket. And it breaks a little bit, too. Um, the commentary even points it out. But I was like, no, they're not. Like, I was – it had been a long time since I've seen this match. And so um, I forgot about this spot. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That was a huge – those are two huge guys to be suplexing each other, you know?
0: Me too, man. That, that, that was one that really made me cringe and be like, oh, yeah. my goodness. That is really dangerous. It easily could have gone wrong, hurt his neck or back. Or something like that. Especially if
1: he was out for eight months in '94 for his back problems. You know, like, here he is getting suplexed. But, you know, kudos to them for doing it. But it was a cool spot. And uh, now they're both on the casket. And Kamala goes to try for a pile driver. And I was like, please
0: don't do it. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. But even so, like, you knew he couldn't do it because there was no place for him to land. Like, he was standing so far back, he would have. Falling backwards and broke his back, falling off the casket. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I was really hoping they wouldn't, but you kind of knew they wouldn't. And, and Taker yeah. gets the reversal, uh, gets the backdrop, and, and then we get another huge rest in peace chant from the oh, crowd. Yeah. They're getting excited, but but Kama takes over again with a power slam and then tries to pin the Undertaker. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. What is he, Kamala? Can't Kamala that you one know? Out. Huh? I said, does he think he's Kamala? Just like forgetting the rules yeah, of the match? Yeah.
1: Or, uh, what's, a, what's the Falcadactyl name? What was oh. the girl's name for the pin? Cameron? When the girl's other way around. <laughs> yeah. Should have pin her face down. Yeah, it's it looks so dumb. He does a good power slam, but then he goes for a pin like an idiot. And even commentary calls him out on him. They're like, there's no pin falls in it. Right. You can't pin him here, so. He can, but he transitions that into a side headlock, rest old. you know. um, And he does the sleeper with the feet on the ropes, you know, classic Ric Flair move, which... I mentioned before we started recording, I thought I was kind of dumb that he did that because there's no DQ, but you pointed out, actually, a smart move because there is no DQ. Because there's no He's DQ. Yeah. So,
0: Kane I, I, points I that out, too, out. and then and Mr. Mann's like, well, you're right. No DQ. He should yeah. be doing that.
1: Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I apologize. My apologies for criticizing Kama there. So.
0: But Paul Bearer was not happy about that, either, and he walks oh. <laughs> over, he swats Kama's feet <laughs> off, and then does a Ric Flair strut, walking out, like... Totally breaks character and just, like, is so excited that he helped out his man. And uh, then Kama kind of swats him away or grabs his hair or something like that. Yeah. But, man, Paul Bear is the MVP of this match for me.
1: It's so good. No man. doubt about it. At this point, the production team decides to show us some cosplayers in the crowd. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> I
1: think they're outrageous. I think you tweeted a picture about it. So. I didn't do oh, this one. I, I
0: tweeted out the oh. one, or I will eventually. You th- I, I did the one from WrestleMania today. Okay. But there's one Undertaker guy, and then another guy who looks like um, one of the guys we trained to wrestle with. You remember? <laughs> it was yeah. Sin, or yeah, yeah. was that his name? Yeah. Six, Sin. I don't remember. I think
1: it was Six, but six. it was spelled differently from Xbox. six. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well... You know, we'll have to get into that story in another episode but yeah Travis and I once trained to wrestle uh, with a kind of a glorified backyard wrestling promotion for a couple months back in whew, 2006 about 11 years ago we were in college we spent a little time we learned how to take a bump and uh, worked a couple practice matches but never never officially made our debut and I'm sure we'll talk about that maybe when we get to that era in the Undertaker's career, but one of these guys, he's a local worker in Georgia, I think his name is Six, uh, looked just like, maybe it could have been him, easily, in the crowd. I don't know why he was in Pittsburgh, but it looked just (laughs) like him. Sort of the Jeff Hardy makeup that he would use later on, but it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, it was was great, man. So uh, The cosplayers are always always fun to point out, so but, um, Taker finally gets out of that rest spot with, um, Power Slam, and Kama kicks him in the back immediately. Gets his heat. Gets, gets on the. Gets his heat uh, spot and humongous throwing a turnbuckle. Yeah, he throws him. turnbuckle. Like Taker hits his back real hard. I love and that then, man. Taker yeah, selling.
0: That. He's he's working the match. Uh, it was yeah. great.
1: Yeah, he's selling because he got suit plates on the casket, you know, and he doesn't have his urn anymore, you know. So right now, I wonder: Does he still get power from the urns in necklace form, or does uh, it have to be in the shape of a bowl?
0: It's a good <laughs> question
1: i don't know but um this point in the match is back and forth there's they're trading spots here jumping right. diving <clears throat> running clothesline the lids open um they close on i think taker clothesline's comma over the top they both fall in yep and uh super SummerSlam coffin camera goes black
0: it goes dark what are they doing <laughs> there i
1: have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it was just i don't think i was supposed to happen it goes black and uh Kama comes out like uh, he, he starts crawling out, almost like from a horror movie. And I love this shot because the production has it right across the ring from him, and he's crawling out of it. And Undertaker just reaches up and grabs him and drags him back in, like a creature from the Black Lagoon or something. It's so hokey, but so cool, man. Like,
0: yeah, it's perfect. It, it's it's one of those things that everyone lauds WWE, WWF's production values, and and that's just one of those perfect things. You know, I'm, I'm sure they work that spot out. Uh, beforehand and knew exactly what to do, knew exactly what they were going for, executed it, and I mean it was awesome, awesome, yeah. well done.
1: I want to point out, you know, the last previous casket and coffin matches we've gotten, we've seen Undertaker build them himself, right? Yes. The most of
0: them. Yeah. Now, I in his think he was,
1: I don't think he was a craftsman on this one because mm. at this point in the match, when they crawl out, the lining of the lid falls off.
0: <laughs> it does.
1: Yeah. Inside. So I must not have been the handiwork of the Undertaker and Paul Bear because theirs know. never broke
0: yeah yeah i don't know what happened here yeah because i guess they're working more in the casket than they have beforehand yeah. uh, and knocks off the top cushioning on there <laughs> but man, that's a great point his production values have really fallen off here and maybe it's because he doesn't have the urn he doesn't that he's not strengthened be. in the wood shop as much either and it's uh, i
1: mean they didn't push it out we don't know that they built it you know so true because didn't roll it out and we didn't see the video of them doing we don't know man so it's a mystery if any of you built it, let us
0: know. So, <laughs> well, then we yeah. kind of roll into the finish here. Uh, they both get out of the coffin. Kama uh, hits Honky Tonk Man's old move. It's the shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker. <laughs> I
1: love the swinging neckbreaker, man. It's a move great move It's not used enough. It's not. It's a great move. It's just visually, you know, watching somebody swing back and forth, it's, it's a great move. It is no a good move. It
0: but so. uh, it doesn't do the trick on Undertaker as he gets up. It's a big choke slam and starts milking the crowd man he's oh, standing yeah. there kind of looking around and Paul bear starts looking around and pointing to the crowd uh, it's just like per- building and building and the crowd is roaring just ready to see a tombstone and I start thinking you know we haven't seen a tombstone yet this year uh, on pay-per-view oh. uh, he did IRS. And King Kong Bundy with the with the clotheslines, and then he hit uh, Mabel with a chokeslam, but we have yeah. not seen a tombstone on pay-per-view. He's done, done a few on TV, Congrats. but uh, as far as our podcast, we have not seen a tombstone yet in 1995, and hits the throat slash, and our first tombstone of the year, and the crowd is just electric. Raging. Oh yeah. my goodness, man. Yeah,
1: they're going nuts, man. I love it. I, I wrote all that stuff, same stuff down you did too, man. It's so good. Like mean, this is the first time I've really seen him milk the crowd like that. Right. You know, like play to the crowd like that. But he looks around, you know, and there, you know, when he does that throat slash stage, just come unglued. When he picks that big man up for that, for that tombstone, which looks really crisp, by the way, he does his yep. head's really close? It's not the sloppy ones like earlier on, earlier episodes. But um, it's really good when that crowd just goes crazy, man. Then they start,
0: even a few of them start saying casket, casket after that. So he tosses him in the casket, shuts the lid, and everybody goes home happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. 16 minutes and 26 seconds. Long match. But it honestly didn't feel that bad.
0: I didn't hate it. With the
1: long headlock. Yeah, I didn't hate this match like I thought I was going to. Um, Just because, you know, Kame is what he is. Although he's a supreme fighter, I will say.
0: He is a supreme (laughs) fighter. And. Uh, but that would not be enough to, to take down the Undertaker tonight. Um, but yeah, it, it was a decent match, uh, and the crowd really made it. The crowd and Paul yeah, Bear yeah. really made it. the atmosphere on there. Our casket matches are have been fun so far, just kind oh, of yeah. the vibe of them. So uh, there, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure there's some bad ones that we'll get to, but sure. they've been pretty fun so far. So yeah, this was a good build up and and conclusion here to this feud and
1: a solid match. Yeah, yeah, solid match. Solid match. The only thing that I thought was a missed opportunity, and I can't remember if it comes into play later, but the Creatures of the Night didn't get involved.
0: No, they didn't get their revenge.
1: Yeah, I thought that that would come to play. Um, Again, I haven't seen this match in a long time, so I couldn't remember, honestly, but I thought they would have something to do with it, you know, or they would lift the casket open for them or close it and shut it. So I just thought that that was, in in hindsight, a missed opportunity, but it didn't matter. The crowd couldn't have cared less. If the if the creatures were there, <laughs> the crowd didn't matter. They were in the palm of Iron hands. hand.
0: So. That's right. But that's, that's true. That, that would have been a good continuity point to have them get yeah. involved. And I'm not sure if we ever see them again. I I, we'll I see, I guess. I don't think so. But, uh, yeah. Um
1: you notice that Tombstone the kid in the audience said right after the yes, match ended? Tombstone for a comma? <laughs> it was great. So
0: And yeah. it... I think the version on the network is clipped, too, because they kind of cut Undertaker's celebration short and go right yeah. to the announcers. Um, and I'm not sure when or how the Undertaker gets the urn back either. Yeah. I, I can't remember. The
1: street, so we'll have to find out. I thought Ooh, it, it happened. Stuff.
0: Yeah, I thought it happened after this match, like in the post-match. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Maybe I edited it out for some reason. But I'll uh, yeah. we'll have to research that and... We'll update on the next episode if we see anything. Yes. Um, what is the next pay-per-view? What are we doing next? Is there, oh, is there an In Your uh, House, or are we going straight to Survivor Series?
1: I think it's Survivor Series. Okay. And then In Your House Season Beatings is after that, I believe, so... Okay. Um, but I do want... While I'm checking on that, I did mention that um, as Undertaker's... The, the brief celebration that we do see, uh, Vince McMahon says, you know, Undertaker wins. He's part of the new generation here in WWF, so... um. I don't know. I just thought that was notable. Uh, yeah, Survivor Series '95 is, is our next one, and then In Your House: Seasons Meetings is after that. So.
0: Okay. Well, Survivor Series will be fun. We do, it, It's another eight man yeah. tag. So that we had fun yeah. with that last one, Survivor Series '93. Yeah. But uh, you know, before we close it out, I just want to mention too. Uh, I should have mentioned this towards the beginning, but you know, this is the the end of that feud between Undertaker and Kama, sort of. Uh, I think Kama's in that Survivor Series match, so a little bit of extension towards that. But this has not only been building up for a year, uh, or for, well, this has not only been building up for five, six months since WrestleMania, but in a way, this feud kind of goes back to 1989 because uh, I did not realize this, and maybe some of our other listeners did, and, you know, shame on me for not knowing this, but I was searching today just on YouTube, just, I typed in Undertaker, comma, promo, just to see if there's any uh, promos, uh, in interviews from some shows that people might have uploaded on YouTube. I always do that on, in, in these episodes. And the first thing that came up was from CWA Memphis Wrestling, 1989. It is the Soul Taker, who was, comma, oh, yeah. and the Master of Pain, The Undertaker who were apparently a tag team for a little bit of a run back in Memphis in 1989. And I had no idea. I knew they were friends. They were both in the, the BSK, the uh, Bone Street Crew or whatever, the anti-click back in the WWF. <laughs> but their friendship went back to Memphis wrestling. So there's actually a, a good number of videos of them. If you search Undertaker, Memphis uh, on YouTube and they're – it's real funny to look at, man. I, I yeah. sent it to you.
1: It's hilarious, man. It looks like some of our videos we used to make back in the day. But again, it's it's pretty cool to see them go from you know 1989 as you know just some young studs that were starting out, and to see them you know get to have a a a main event match, you know, a featured match on SummerSlam '95. So that's good for their friendship and cool to see the story continue. And it will end there. Again, we did mention. Episodes ago, that they, they never got to feud as Papa Shango, yeah, and Undertaker knows this opportunities. So here they got they got their you know time to feud, which is cool. So um,
0: it's just yeah, neat to see a, that neat. Yeah, yeah, really really young Undertaker uh, with short shorter red hair red red hair mullet. He's looking all oh, booger head. red, and uh, like you mentioned, Charles Wright the Godfather, <laughs> Tama, just looking the ageless, ageless wonder. in there. <laughs> But yeah, they were friends back then, they're working back then, and it just reminds me of you know, um, when you're watching wrestling and you're younger, especially, you just kind of think that the guys on TV like this is all they've ever done. Like when you're I- watching WWE, oh, like that's Undertaker, he, he started as the Undertaker, and Kama, he's he's Kama. he's been around for like six months or a year or so. But really, those guys have been around for six, seven, eight years. You know, yeah. Ted, Ted DiBiase, I always thought, was just always the million-dollar man, but that was literally the end of his career. He had a 20-year mm-hmm. career ahead of that. and you know, I'm sure there's going to be kids one day that now are watching Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and 10 years from now, they're going to realize, oh, those guys wrestled for 10 years before they got to yeah. WWE, and they had all this history with each other. That they kind of mention sometimes on TV, yeah. but they don't really understand that like their history together. I just I always think that's real cool to, to see.
1: Well, yeah, it is. It is definitely for sure. So it was it was a neat little promo you sent me. So I was glad. We'll have to put it up on on the Facebook page so for everybody else to see and hear. So well, that's one thing too that you mentioned. Like, cause some people when we started this podcast were like, you guys, you know, you're talking Taker, but you need to go back to his. You know, Memphis matches, and they said, well, that's not... We, we understand he existed before then, but we're not talking Mark Calloway. You know, we're talking Taker, so uh, that's what we're doing here. And, you know, Undertaker's matches, but yeah, we do realize he, he existed beforehand, several years beforehand, but... um,
0: And we might... We've talked about... We might cover one or two of those, maybe yeah. in the future as a bonus episode, but we're definitely not going to go through all of those, but it might be fun nah. to look at here somewhere later down the line. But if you want to see those, we'll post a couple of those YouTube videos on our Twitter and Facebook, so go like us, follow us, at Talking Taker on both of those, and you can get all the updates, and like I said, we try to post stuff all throughout the week, uh, promos, building up the match, uh, funny pictures, just little clips and snippets of the match, stuff we don't even get to talk about here on the episode, right. so a lot of bonus content on there, if you're an Undertaker fan, and we also will do some commentary during uh, the pay-per-views, Raws, and SmackDown. So we we'll talk a little bit about the current business on there as well, and we love to interact with people. Uh, I did. I put out something on there on our last episode. I, it didn't come in before we recorded it, but I was just asked if anybody had any memories about Undertaker and Mabel. And this came in from Tombstone Town on Twitter uh, at WWE Nostalgic. Uh, asked if anybody had any memories of Undertaker's feud with Mabel, and he said or she, I'm not sure, but they said, uh, yeah, being a 13-year-old at that point, watching Taker get pinned for the first time in like four years or something at that point, and, you know, the fans were expecting an epic Sean and Taker semifinal. So, you know, lots of people were disappointed with that King of the Ring match, and, yeah, it would have been, could have seen The undertaker Shawn Michaels uh, long before their epic WrestleMania 25 battle uh if things had worked out differently so yeah
1: good glad they agree with us
0: yeah we appreciate all the (laughs) followers we uh, appreciate you listening and subscribing on itunes (coughs) podomatic uh, stitcher google play any any and all that stuff youtube all that good stuff we do appreciate you listening and we hope you will continue on listening watch the next match survivor series 1995 and we'll have it up there next friday it uh, actually usually goes up Thursday late at night. I try to get on there before I go to bed Thursday. So you can download it Thursday late night, Friday morning, really anytime. And we hope you go back sure. and listen to all the ones you haven't listened to yet. Yep.
1: And if you guys were there, if you were at this pay-per-view, again, please let us know because we congratulate you. Y'all were an excellent crowd that night. So it was phenomenal. So thank you, Pennsylvania, for being the host of the last two episodes of Talking Taker. We appreciate it. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy.
2: Evansville Wednesday night, the soul taker there. Dustin Rhodes, you're a big, bad cowboy. Been going through everybody. Well, let me tell you something, boy. I've been going through people, too. There is no law when it comes to the soul taker. I'll go through you as easy as the rest. Master of pain against Dutch Mantell Wednesday. <laughs> well, Dutch, the master plan is just about ready to be fulfilled, man. Wednesday night, Evansville, you're going down the wrath of the master of pain. I don't forget a thing, Dutch, and you won't either. Wednesday night, Evansville Coliseum. Tomorrow afternoon, Orangeboro Sports Center in Orangeboro, Kentucky, plus Christmas chaos coming your way.